You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. What is up, Discovery? Again? I know I greeted you earlier, but that was my worship persona. I'm in pastor persona now. Just kidding. Same person. I'm <laughs> um, so glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. For those of you that are online, glad that you're hanging out with us. Um, we are today kicking off a four-week series um, that's going to lead us to the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And so we are, uh, the, today and then the next three, um, two Sundays, we're going to be going through the last hours of Jesus. And so we're going to move from the garden to the trial to the crucifixion to the resurrection on Easter. And uh, we're excited about Easter, actually. Uh, we have two identical worship experiences that, that you'll be able to choose from on Easter. We have a 9 o'clock. And then we have a 1015. Um, and it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we will have nursery for the 9 o'clock, but only disco kids at 1015. And so if you got little kids, the 1015 is the one that you are going to want to show up. And so uh, to show up to uh, restrooms, we don't have to worry about restrooms. We have figured something out with the movie theater next door. And they're going to... Um, they're going to let us use their restrooms, and so we're, like, mapping out cool little trails through there. Um, and so you just got to time your, your bladder perfectly, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like expect it to take a little bit longer, but, um, but there's, they, they've been so gracious to us um, in, in letting us use those. Uh, man, how many guys know that just God answers prayers? We were, it was going to cost us $1,000 to rent toilet trailers out there and I was like God that's a lot of money for two hours <laughs> and and I was like what are we gonna do and so I just started praying and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like hey like so throughout this pandemic like there a lot of thorns have happened I'm not saying that it, bad things have not happened but there's been a lot of roses that have bloomed from this thing too and one of these one of the roses that has bloomed was this relationship that myself and the general manager have has um, has gotten during this p- pandemic, and and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, "Hey, text so and so to see if if he'd be willing to to let you guys use the restroom." And so I text him. I was like, "Hey, it's kind of random. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but could we use your restrooms on Easter?" And he's like, "Sure." <laughs> I was like, "What?" And so um, so like that's just kind of the story of discovery. Especially this past year, guys, like what we're sitting in right now, like how God has been opening up the doors for, for just what we're like, the, the sheet rocking, the, the plumbing, the electric, like God has been like, we've been like, God, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. God's like, I do. I will. I'll take care of it. Don't you worry. Keep being faithful. I'll provide. And, and, and so, so what's amazing is that just we, like, every time we're like, how are we going to pay for this? God is like, hey, I'll take care of it. And, like, whether through someone's generosity, whether, like, a connection, like, it's just been, like, happening back and forth. And so we're so excited about that. Uh, we plan this week, if you want to help us paint, we're going to start painting on Monday. And, and we're going we're gonna to paint starting here, get this ready, get this wall ready. Uh, then we're going to um, move out that way, and then they're still working on the restrooms. We had someone donate tile for us. We had someone donate uh, 
the handmade, custom-made, um, uh, what are the things that you put the sink in? Uh, countertops, yes. Someone donated countertops. We had people donate their time for the plumbing. Oh, thank you. And Jim and, and uh, man, we had, <laughs> should I stop? Or is this, is this encouraging your spirit? Because it's encouraging mine. And um, we, uh, we had people quote us for, uh, to do the electrician work here. Uh, they were like, hey, it's going to be between twelve dollars and $15,000. And uh, we're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe we can just meet with candles. Like, that's cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so I was like, I, I have no idea what we're going to do. I'm, again, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, I remember someone had came into Discovery back when we were at the community center, and I met them, and, and I was like, hey, what do you do for work? Because he looked like he was in the trade, right? Like he had his little Carhartt stuff on, and, um, and, and I was like, yo, like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm an electrician. I'm like, oh, cool. That was like a year ago, <laughs> I think. And, and then again, I, f I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, get in touch with so-and-so. And, and so I'm like, okay. Out of nowhere, I was like, hey, bro. Um, I was wondering, <laughs> we're looking for, uh, for an electrician. I was wondering if you can give us a bid on it. Comes out here, and uh, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he looks. I'm showing him everything that we're going to do, and, uh, and, and um, I'm like, all right, so just, just shoot me. Like, if you can just text me, like, a quote or whatever, that would be amazing. He's like, sure. So he texts me that night, and he's like, <clears throat> you know, I think with all the work, it'll probably be – I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like $500. I was like, won't you? And so I just, story after story. And I think that there's something to this. Because I believe like what you plant, like you will reap. And I, like, I know that we haven't been as generous as I feel like we will be come going down the road, right? But I feel like as God continues to grow us, we're going to be even more generous as a church. But I think that we've been very faithful with what God has allowed us to steward. And as we plant those seeds, I believe in faith that we're seeing, we're seeing progress. We're seeing, we're seeing the fruits of, of, of our labor, of what we're sowing. And so to what Janice was saying, I just want to say thank you guys for your generosity. For those of you that are online, we have a community of people who are online and they're still giving and they're still sowing and they're still being faithful. So guys, this is a team effort. Like, I'm excited about what's going to happen, about the lives that are going to be transformed in this place. It's, it's going to be so good. Uh, but, and so, so there's one thing that I want to, I just want to, like, invite you to, to partner with us in. Now, these beautiful chairs that you are sitting on, uh, we were so gracious, it was so gracious that we were allowed to, to, someone allowed us to borrow these chairs. So they're not our chairs. Like, we've just, been borrowing them a little longer probably than what <laughs> what he was letting us borrow, but that's okay. He's a friend, so praise Jesus. We, he still loves us. Um, but, but we feel as a team that God is taking us into a new stage, a new, a new place, right? What, someone from, from my directional team uh, just kind of uh, affirmed this idea like God is calling us to ownership of this city. He's calling us to own to take ownership of the city, of the lives and the souls in this city. And, and, and so we thought like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we start with something easy, with something small? And so we're starting this plus one initiative chair campaign. And check this out. Listen, 
first off, you don't have to do this. This is America. You can do what you want, right? Like, but we're asking that you would partner with us for purchasing a chair. And here's what we're asking. That you would buy a chair for you, and then you would buy a faith chair. So someone that you're believing that you're going to invite one day. And this is for the online community, too, because we think church can be online, too. But we also believe that there's going to be a time when people are going to feel more comfortable coming back in. And when they do, we want to be ready. And so here's what, we, what we're asking. Again, you don't have to do this, but we're asking. Like, I already got 30 chairs from at least 30 chairs from my directional team. I said, hey, is this a stupid idea? And they're like, no, hey, sign me up for 10. Sign me up for 10. Sign me up for four. So, and, 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 and so I just want to bring it to you, bring it to the people who are online. Um, plus one initiative. And so the number, you can't really see it on that one, but you can see it better on this one. If you do this, text plus one to 55498, and it'll take you directly to a link. And here it is. With tax and everything, it'll be about $40 a chair. And we're asking that you would, um, that you would just sow a seed into that above and beyond what you already are giving. And I know things are rough and, and, and life is, is tight right now. But I think this is another faith stance that we can have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so go ahead, text plus one to that to that number, and um, and then there you'll be able to, like, donate. Again, it's within within taxes and everything, about $40 a chair, and you can just put however many chairs you want to buy for it, and, and man, we're just going to have brand new chairs that we own, and, um, and we'll send a little thank you card to the guy that let us borrow these chairs <laughs> um, for that, but anyways, guys, I'm excited. Uh, that's my message, and we're done. We love you. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I just like there's something here this morning. Maybe hopefully it's translating online, but there's something here that I feel like there's just there's an excitement. There there's a hunger. There's a desire, and and, and so um, I just I felt led just to share all that, just to continue to to stir your spirit and stir your heart, and um, and so we're gonna start in the garden this morning, the garden of Gethsemane. My gosh, ESL over here. And uh, so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 37. 36 through 37. This takes place right after the Last Supper. The uh, disciples, they've now headed over to this garden called Gethsemane. And here it is. It's on the screen. Then Jesus went with him to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I love this story of what we're about to dive into. Because what it is, is I, I, I think it's so uh, applicable to what we have dealt with in this this past year but also what's kind of still trickling over to this year of of of, of just like being pressed feeling squeezed and so we're just going to look at at Jesus in, in in these next verses in Matthew 26 and I believe it's going to be a blessing so let's pray one more time and then we'll jump into it father we love you God I thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness God to this church 
God, you're faithful in kindness to our lives. Father, I pray that you would just have your way this morning. God, you know what we need to hear. You know that I cannot deliver it to each person the way that they need to hear it. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can. And so I pray this morning that you would do your job. I'll do my job. And that we would receive what you have for us. God, we want to leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say Amen, amen, amen. So have you ever hung out with friends? And it was just supposed to be like this real chill, like laid back thing. And then all of a sudden, man, all hell breaks loose. And you're like, what is going on? I remember in, in uh, college, I made a little uh, EP CD. Um, and uh, why, did, why did you laugh? <laughs> she snickered like, <laughs> I love you, Jay, too. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And, and, and so like, I, I recorded this little, um, this little CD, songs for my soon-to-be wife. <clears throat> and, um, and, and so like, they were like, my, my, the people that were recording, they're like, hey, every CD has photos of the artists. We need to do a photo shoot. And I'm like, okay, let's go do a photo shoot. And so the, the idea was let's pretend like you're recording uh, in a forest, um, and we're just going to take pictures. And so it was a beautiful day outside. We take all this equipment, uh, mic stands, and, and, and we take uh, cameras, and, and we go out into this, this forest on our campus. And you're not allowed to go out there, but we we're like, it's for good cause, right? And so we, we went out there. We set it up. I had, <laughs> I wish I had the picture I would show you guys, but I had like these headphones on, pretending like I was singing in the forest. <laughs> like it's like now that I think about it, it's like super cheesy, and I'm like, oh, it's so embarrassing. But but nonetheless, we did that. We're out there. We're taking pictures, right? And the guy's like, taking pictures. And I'm just like voguing, right? Just doing my thing, take, taking pictures, smiling. And then I, all of a sudden, I, like I hear like, like rustling in the bushes. And I'm like, you guys hear that? They're like, no, just keep posing. Just take, let's see. I'm like, okay, we'll just take, keep taking pictures. All of a sudden, it just gets louder and louder and louder. I look around in the bush and and. Out of the bush comes this wild dog, black wild dog, but not just one dog, three dogs. They come out, <clears throat> and they're, you know like how domesticated dogs, you're like, oh, you're domesticated. You're a dog, you're a domesticated dog, right? Like, yeah, like you've never been outside. Like, there's, like domesticated dogs, they just look groomed nicely, right? They, they, like these ones had like the, the fur was growing out different directions, thicker in some places, and, um, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and they started going like this. And I was like, oh, beep. <laughs> like, it's scary. It's scary. I was scared. And, uh, and I was like, guys, we need to go. And so, like, my friend, he packed up his, his, his uh, mic stand and his camera tripod, and he started running. Like, he's like, Poof, he was running. And I'm like, what? And I remember I turned around, and I'm like, I started running, and I feel like, I feel like I, like in the moment when I was running, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> right, like I'm freaking out as these dogs are chasing us. 
and I'm running, and I trip, and I fall on the ground, and I, I reach out. I'm a little dramatic just by nature. I don't know. <laughs> I reach out to the ground. I'm like, help me, <laughs> right? Like, and my friend's like, my hands are full, <laughs> and he runs up, and I'm like, oh. So I get up, and I just run, and these dogs, like, they, they, they keep chasing us, but eventually they stop chasing us, and we're like, what just happened? Like, it's amazing. Like, it was, it was a beautiful, sunny day, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, these dogs just come out, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, all hell breaks loose in my life. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this this story is, is because I really feel like this is what is taking place in Matthew chapter 26. Not the dogs, but the idea. This idea that here is Jesus. He's with his homies, his cronies. He comes to this beautiful garden called Gethsemane. He says, hey, I'm going to go up and pray. While I go up and pray, you just keep watch." Now, this place that they were, it was so chill, in fact, that the disciples fell asleep. And it was so peaceful in this garden of Gethsemane. Now, I actually think that the name Gethsemane, we'll see how many times I can say it before I mess up, it is prophetic in nature because that word Gethsemane in Hebrew means olive press. Right? So, like, it's the thing that you put the olives in, that you push down and squeeze to extract the olive oil. Isn't it interesting? Let's pause for a sec. Isn't it interesting that the most valuable part of the olive is not the olive, but what comes from the olive when it's squeezed? Isn't it amazing that the, that the most, value part, most valuable part of the olive is the part that has to endure the squeeze, the press, the crushing? I begin thinking like, man, sometimes the best of me only comes out when I'm pressed. Sometimes the best part of me only comes out when I'm crushed and when I'm squeezing and I only have one person to rely on. And so here they are. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane and, 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 and they're in this, this place with the crush, the, the, the place of the olive press. Jesus, he's up in prayer, but he comes back down, and all of a sudden, when he comes back down, all hell breaks loose. It goes from this very peaceful, calmful, calm, calmful? <laughs> is that a word? It is now. <laughs> this peaceful, calm, serene environment to all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. What's interesting, too, is that Jesus... Uh, it, Jesus knows what's about to happen, yet no one else does. Jesus understands that it's about to get crazy, but no one else realizes that. And so within minutes from Jesus coming down from the mountain from his time of prayer, minutes within that time period, like he's betrayed by a man named Judas. He's backstabbed by a friend, someone that, that he had poured his life into. Someone who had followed him. And so we're going to pick, uh, pick, pick back up in verse 47. It says this, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of armed 
uh, men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a... Verse 49. So Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's a first. Uh, so Judas came straight to Jesus. <laughs> Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed. Rabbi, teacher, he exclaimed, and he gave him a kiss. So Jesus comes down from, 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 from prayer, and, uh, and the disciple, he, he sees his disciples sleeping. He wakes him up. He's like, hey, you couldn't even just stay up with me for a little bit. They're like, we're sorry. We're sorry. So they're just, they're, just, they're just waking up. You guys know when you just wake up, like you still don't really understand what's fully going on. You're like, you, you still, this morning, come on, yeah. Uh, you, you're still like got those boogers in your eyes, and you still, the crust for any droolers over here. I drool, so I wake up with a little crust that has nothing to do with the story. Um, but here they are. They're, they're, they're still asleep, right? They're, they're, they just woke up. They're, they, they, they're still halfway asleep. And all of a sudden, they see men coming with, 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 with swords and torches. And, and you have to believe that, that they're like, what is happening? Oh, my, oh my gosh. What is going on? You have to imagine that there was some type of like discomfort happening within their hearts, within their souls. Th this idea of like, oh my gosh, what is taking place? And then all of a sudden, though, what's, what's interesting is that Judas pops up on the scene. And so the disciples, if I'm the disciple, I'm like, oh, it's just Judas and his friends. We're good. It's just Judas, guys. You don't have to worry. It's just Judas. He's, it's cool. He's one of us. And then Judas walks over to Jesus. See, Judas kissed Jesus. He's one of us, guys. Don't worry. But then all of a sudden, we know as a reader, the disciples didn't know. But us as readers, we understand that that kiss was a signal of identifying the one that they wanted to arrest. And so, so he kissed Jesus, the, the, the crowd uh, or excuse me, the guards, they, they came and, they, and they, they arrested, they handcuffed Jesus. And all of a sudden, this guy Peter, one of the disciples, he tries to take control of this situation. And I want to pause there. Because in moments of chaos, in moments when life feels like it's pressing and squeezing us, isn't it human nature to try to take care of the situation on our own strength. See, here is Peter. If you read a couple verses before, Jesus said, Peter, or he said to his disciples, every one of you guys will scatter. Peter said, no, I'm not going to scatter. And so perhaps this was Peter's way of saying like, see, I told you, Jesus. I told you I wouldn't run. Check this out. We're going to read this in, um, in Matthew, uh, verse fifty. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. So the betrayal, he kissed, uh, Judas kissed Jesus. The, the guards knew that that was the one to arrest. They, they handcuffed Jesus. Peter's like, not happening. He grabs his sword. He slices off one of the, pers one of the soldier's ear. The ear's falling off. You'd have to believe that, 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 that Peter at some point was like, yes, I got you, Jesus. I told you, I told you, come on, like, we're good, Jesus, we're good, right, like, 
imagine. But it's amazing that Jesus' response, what Jesus' response was to Peter. In fact, we, 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 we learn that Jesus wasn't, um, he wasn't too excited about what Peter did. And so what I want us to do this morning, in the last moments together, I want to give you three things based off of what Jesus is about to tell Peter. I want to give you three things to remind yourself when you're feeling pressed and, you, and you're wanting to take control of the situation. Okay, so three things to remind yourself when you're trying to take control of the situation when things feel like you're being squeezed, okay? <clears throat> so here it is. We're going to start at verse 52, and it says this. This is Jesus. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. First thing to remember <clears throat> in order to not try to take control. First thing to remind yourself when you're pressed so you don't take control. First thing is this. Remember that your actions have consequences. Your actions have consequences. Listen, what you do in the press will determine what you look like outside of the press. And here's the danger about the press is that when we're in the press, when we feel like we're being squeezed, when we feel like, our, like we're being crushed, when we feel like our back is against the wall, like it is... It is human nature to not make the best decisions. But what we have to remember is that the seeds that I sow in the press don't just die when I go out the press. But in fact, they stay with, they stay with me and they grow outside of the press. So what I'm sowing inside when all hell breaks loose is important to understand that my actions have consequences. I remember when I was a youth pastor, one of my, my youth students, one of my youth, they, uh, they, um, he just broke up with his girlfriend, <clears throat> and his girlfriend showed up with her new boyfriend. Hello, high school drama. <laughs> That's why I became a pastor. I was like, man, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done working with youth. Um, and, and, um, and, and so, uh, so, so he, he, he showed up. She showed up with her new boyfriend. He was there. And he, he got up in the middle of youth, and he just left, right? He was angry. And I was like, man, I, I want to check up with him. So, a, so after youth, I went to his house. I, hey, is so-and-so here? He was like, no, he's at youth. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm not going to tell him I'm the youth pastor, right? Because, like, and so, so I'm like, oh, no. What's, so I'm calling this, this guy, and I'm like, and trying to just get a hold of him, get a hold of him. And um, we, I'm with a couple other uh, leaders at the time, and I and I get a phone, or they get a phone call, and they're like, "Hello, uh, this is the Santa Rosa Police uh, Department. Do you know so and so?" And we're like, "We're like, yeah." They're like, uh, "Well, he just attempted suicide, and um, we're rushing him to the hospital right now, and um, and 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 so." If you know how to get a hold of whoever, like, like it was like this was the first number that they called, and so we rushed to the emergency room for some like some reason like they allowed me to go in, um, and so I remember like walking up to him. He was in the in the bed and he had like he was all bandaged up, 
And, um, and I just I stood by his bed, man. And, and um, he, was, he was still asleep. But then all of a sudden, like for some reason, he just opened his eyes. And he just started crying. He grabbed me by the arm. And he said, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm so sorry, Pastor. I didn't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Luckily, like he, he lived and he's doing good. And, but, but the reason why I'm telling you this is because in the moment of the pressure, he made a decision that he would have never made outside of that pressure that he now has to live with for the rest of his life. Like, we got to get to this place where we understand that, that, that I can't make decisions, rash decisions, when life sucks, when life is hard. I have to be aware that my actions right now will have consequences. We see this with alcoholism. Like, I will drink when things stink, and I will keep drinking, and then consequences happen. And so this idea, like, when, when things are hard and I'm trying to take control, I have to remember, number one, my actions have consequences. You guys still with me? Is this? Okay. N number two, number two, when, uh, when I'm trying, when I'm pressed against the wall, when I'm being pressed uh, the second thing that I need to remind myself, ooh, and I love this one. God's not as weak as I think. God's not as weak as I think. Check this verse out, the very next verse, verse 53. This is Jesus. Don't you realize that I, that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly. So Peter, him, his little sword, he's like, I'm going to protect you, Jesus. I'm going to take control of this situation. I got it. And God looks, Jesus looks at Peter, excuse me, and he's like, don't you realize that if I wanted to, I could ask my father to send thousands of angels down to save us, and he would do it instantly. Sometimes I think that the pressing of life shapes our perspective, right? Because sometimes when, 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 when things are good, God is strong. When, when things are good and when life is grand, God, you're amazing. I could worship you forever. I could sing of your love forever, right? Oh, you're so strong and mighty. But then the moment when things happen, the moment the pressing comes, the olive press comes and begins to squeeze. It's amazing how all of a sudden I forget how strong God is. And so Jesus is telling Peter, he's like, don't you realize, as if to say, did you forget who I am? Did you forget how strong I am? Did you forget how powerful I am? I feel like sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that Jesus is not as weak as we think. God is not as weak as we think. 
Come on. If God was strong enough to close the mouth of lions for Daniel, then God's strong enough for me. If God was strong enough to allow Moses to go toe-to-toe against Pharaoh, then God's strong enough for me. If God was strong enough, come on, you guys. If God was strong enough for David to face Goliath, then he's strong enough for me. Come on, God is strong. We have to remind ourselves that in our situation, how strong God is. And I think the best way to do it is by this very next point, the number three. And I'm done, and we can have the keys come up. Number three, or number one, my actions have consequences. Number two, God's not as weak as you think. And number three, purpose supersedes pain. Purpose supersedes pain. Verse 54, but if I did, this is Jesus. He's in response to what he just said in verse 53. But if I did, if I did, if I, if I called down angels, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? So Jesus is like, I could call down all the angels, but if I did, then the very purpose for why I'm here would be washed away. It would be for not. And so in this moment, Jesus is saying, hey, my purpose is greater than my pain. In fact, when Jesus went up to pray in the mountain, there's two things that he, there's, there's one thing that he said two times. He said, Father, if I don't have to drink from this cup of death, I'm okay with it. But he says, it's not my will, it's your will. And so, so Jesus, he, he's, he's saying, like, like God, I, I don't want to suffer. I heard crucifixions are pretty painful. Like, I, do, I don't want to go through this. And so if it's possible for some way where I don't have to die, I would love that. But Jesus, it's not your will. Or excuse me, but God is not my will, it's your will. And here's what I want us to see from this, because I think this is so important. That before the pressing, Jesus was preparing his spirit in prayer. Before the pressing, Jesus was preparing his spirit in prayer so before all hell break loose of what we read Jesus was up in the mountaintop praying preparing his spirit for the purpose that God had for him that is so counter to what I do sometimes perhaps probably not you but like typically like it's very it's much easier when I when 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 life starts pressing I start praying that's just me. Oh man, things are bad. Ah, Jesus. Ah, God. Oh, Holy Spirit. Did I get all three? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We're praying. <laughs> In the blood. Yes, right? Like, like we hit up everything. 
Like when we're in the press, we start praying. But what Jesus is modeling is that before I even get into the press, I need to position myself to pray. Before all hell breaks loose over here, I need to be over here and reminding myself, God, you are strong. You are mighty. You are faithful. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are my joy. You are my hope. And I got to get it done here. Mike Tyson said this, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Everyone thinks that they'll pray it away when they're in the press until the pressing happens. And they're like, oh, crap, what are we doing? Oh, Lord, help me out. Come on. I have to be in prayer. To, to, I have to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. I have to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer that before I'm even thrown in the, in, the, in, in the den, the lion's den, that I'm already over here just cultivating something that will sustain me over here. I'm, I'm built. I got to cultivate something in the solitude so that I'll know how to stand in front of the multitude. when I do that, when I could begin to stir my spirit, I love when you're up here because I love just looking at you. <laughs> but like when I can do that, when I can get to that place where I start preparing my heart in prayer. Purpose. God's purpose becomes more powerful than, than the pain. See, like in the press, the pain is more powerful than the purpose. Isn't that true? Like it, it, in, in the pain, when things are rough, when, when I'm being pressed, when I'm being squeezed, like, like it's, it's the, 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 the pain becomes greater than the purpose. And so that's why I got to go over here before there. As I, as I renew myself in prayer, it begins to, to just elevate purpose. Not my purpose, God's purpose. It elevates God's purpose. God, if there's a way that I can, this cup can pass me by, God, let it be. But Father, at the end, it's not my will, it's your will. What is Jesus doing? He's elevating purpose. He's elevating purpose. God, I don't want to die, but if that's what I have to do in order, that, in order to elevate your will, so be it. What is he doing? He's elevating purpose. We elevate purpose in our prayer. And then when all of a sudden Jesus was down here and Peter is slicing ears off and like, oh, I'll save you, Jesus. But Jesus is like, hey, don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. I already took care of it over there. I took care of it in the mountaintop. Don't worry about it. I got this. I, if, if, like, I'm fulfilling my purpose. My purpose is greater than the pain. Come on, somebody. My purpose is greater than the pain. What God wants to do individually in your life and what God has called this church to do as corporately, like, is greater than the pain that we may have felt right now. 
God is doing something. He's establishing something that we just need people to say, hey, I will go through the pain. I will go through the pressure with you. I'll serve. I'll give. I'll love. Because I understand the purpose that God has for this house. Garden of Gethsemane, the olive press. My challenge to you this week is when you or when I go through the pressing, I challenge you to remind yourself that your actions have consequences, that God's not as weak as you think, and that purpose supersedes pain. Amen, somebody. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.